I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Welcome to episode 119 of the Cantabite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me, as always, it's my delightful co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? You know what? I was doing better until we had to record this twice. I know. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Just happy that we're able to record because Maybe. I know. Uh <laughs> I know how annoying technical issues can be, and especially, you know, you're sick. I have Thanksgiving today, so. You have Thanksgiving today? Today is not Thanksgiving. I have in-laws Thanksgiving today. Okay. Yes. So that should be fun. It's just, it's a lot to think about, you know, it's like, you know, I had to get like some sides and then, you know, if we have to give other stuff or. Just, you know, all the last minute things that like could happen because like someone could forget this, someone could get that. Then it's like, we have to get this, we have to get that. But no. Good fun. It's food. So I'm happy. There you go. How's your week been? Um, It's been good. Work's been easy. Uh, went to Disneyland on Thursday and Friday. And that was good. It wasn't too busy. And... We got a lot of professional pictures taken because God bless those Disney camera people. So, yeah, I'm happy. That sounds good. Yes, and we went on Autotopia. I was going to send you a video of us on Autotopia, but my phone was like at like 20%, and I'm like, another time. Even your phone is bored of Autotopia. No, my phone was working hard all day, making like fast pass selections and. Yeah, and then it got to Autotopia and it said, fuck this shit. But it was only like a 15 minute wait. It was a really short wait. We didn't really have to wait long for rides. So that was nice, especially because it's like Christmas season and usually Christmas season is like one of the worst seasons at Disney. And then we went to uh, Galaxy's Edge, and we literally walked on Smuggler's Run. So that was nice. I'm always an engineer. I thought you didn't like that ride. I mean, it's fine. It's not my favorite ride, but Carlos really likes it. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. You know, I have my favorite rides, and he has his. So I can't say no. Plus, I'm just sitting there pushing buttons the whole time. And it's 
kind of fun like seeing other people's like reactions like we were with a bunch of like young college students and they kept like running into things and that was kind of entertaining but they're very loud and very like oh my god we're gonna die and it's like you're on a ride guys you're fine you know just oh god they were trying to have fun with it jesus (laughs) yeah it's like they were having fun it was it was a lot but it was just funny because i i thought i thought that they would have been better drivers or better pilots but it's okay i just want to be a pilot I want to show off my piloting skills. I'm always an engineer. Like, I'm the bridesmaid, but never the bride when it comes to Smuggler's Run. So I think I get jealous when people are the pilots Mm -hmm. on a ride that I don't really like that much. (laughs) Oh, How's your week been? Uh, Let's see. Work sucked. And it's going to continue to suck for the next couple of days. Um, I saw three-fourths of the Mr. Rogers movie, and then the fucking projector broke, and so I have not seen the end of the Mr. Rogers movie. That was annoying as shit. Do you at least know what happens now? Did you look up the ending? No, I'm gonna just, look, I feel comfortable at this point just watching the end of a crappy cam because i saw the first hour and 20 minutes so there's 20 minutes half an hour left and i'm not going back to the theater to see it and but i don't just want to read about it because i mean the story is fine but the reason that it's good is because matthew reese is awesome but it's it's really fucking annoying just have a movie stop. How is Tom Hanks? I didn't dislike him as much as I normally do. I mean, he's actually doing a character. Uh, I mean, the problem is nobody is Mr. Rogers. It is, frankly... I mean, my dislike for Tom Hanks aside, it's a pretty thankless, impossible task to have somebody do Mr. Rogers. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, he was such an iconic man. It's interesting because they actually, the movie does talk about that, which is that he's not, you know, at one point, um, Matthew Reese, who's playing the reporter who's profiling him, is talking to, Oh, I forget his wife's name. June. He's talking to to Fred's wife, and he says, "You know, what's it like? To, what's it like to be married to a living saint?" And she says, "We don't we don't like to use that word because it makes it seem like he's not a person, and that people couldn't be like him if they didn't, you know, if they tried, they they couldn't be good people because he's something different." But at the same time, it, it's just. I don't know. It's he he was a one of a kind person and so genuinely good that it's hard to do one that doesn't just seem like a guy doing a Fred Rogers impersonation. Hmm. 
but it's definitely yeah it's definitely better than i've ever seen hanks be before but i don't know it's weird because the movie itself i don't think is actually all that good i was enjoying it and i think the performances are great but the movie itself is just sort of i don't know like the dialogue's not great and it's it's weird they do some fourth wall breaking stuff that i don't know kind of seems like it belongs in a different movie so i think this is gonna get a lot of award talk because people really 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 like mr rogers and not because the movie itself is particularly good Yeah, just like Bohemian Rhapsody, unfortunately, like that movie wasn't that great. And Rami Malek was like good, but I would have loved to see Sasha Baron Cohen as Freddie Mercury. I feel like he would have done amazing. And ugh, I don't know. That's unfortunate, though. I mean, everyone loves Mr. Rogers, but... I don't know. I think it's hard to identify a bad movie, especially with someone so iconic. Well, yeah, that's because I, I was really emotionally invested. Like the movie was making me like tear up a lot of times. And at one point he, when, when Matthew is interviewing, he pulls out um, Daniel Tiger and King Friday. And I just have an emotional reaction to seeing those puppets. But I think if I, objectively look at the movie it's just it's a fairly maudlin bland oh matthew reese is sad and has problems with his dad movie oh gosh but again like he's like i love matthew reese his dad is being played by chris cooper who's amazing and and so it's if you if this movie were about anybody else, I would hate it. Like, it's not that much different from a movie you would find on, like, the Hallmark Channel. It's just that it has good people in it, and it's about Mr. Rogers. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I hope you enjoy that other quarter of the movie when you yeah. finally see it. Yeah. No, I'm going to look for that this evening. Just because before I forget what was happening, I want to see how it ends. Hmm. I can't believe you walked out, but how long was it? It was like you were waiting for what, like 30 minutes? I didn't didn't walk out. We were sitting there for half an hour and they still weren't sure if it was going to come back on. Oh. I sat there for longer than there was time left in the movie. Oh, no. And they gave us, like, ticket vouchers and, and like, a $10 food voucher. But at that point, I'm like, it's a Thursday. Maybe if it had been a Friday. I'm like, it's Thursday night. I have work tomorrow. It's already 930. It's going to take me an hour to get home.
at least now when you see the rise of Skywalker, you have like a ten dollar food voucher so you can get some good snackies. I mean, I'm seeing stuff before then, but okay. But you want like the most special snack for the rise of Skywalker, or either that or Knives Out. Choose wisely. I would almost say Knives Out because it's like near Thanksgiving. That's coming up. Yeah. You're pretty excited for that? I am. It's getting really good reviews, too. That's good. I hope it does well. Maybe if I hear a lot, a lot of good things about it, I might go see it, even though my opinion of whodunits are strong. I still need to see Frozen. I hear that's really good. I still haven't seen the first one. You can't. It's on Disney+. Plus. I mean, there's lots of things on Disney+, Plus that I have no desire to ever watch. What's one thing you have no desire to watch on Disney+, Plus? Anything that starts with the words High School Musical. But, Emily, High School Musical, the musical, the series, is a great show. We are back at East High, the actual East High, okay, and they are doing means, a musical that, version. That means literally nothing to me. Oh, but it's, it's, it's good old fun. It's, and... it's nostalgia for th- something I was already too old for the first time. Yeah. It's always there if you need it. You know, if, if you ever... If I run if out of wanted... literally everything else to watch. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I would watch that beforehand is if the only other option is the Jeff Goldblum show. Ugh. I don't think I want to sit there and watch him talk about ice cream for 30 minutes. Ice cream or jeans. We need to, like, fan cast, like, take him out of that role and put him someone else in there. Werner Herzog. I would listen to Werner Herzog talk about ice cream. He'd make it sound so, like, fancy and so civilized. And and... terrifying. Yeah. By the way, the, he'd yeah. make a brain freeze sound terrible. The best thing that happened this week is I believe it was I believe it was uh to the Deborah Chow interview. She was talking about Werner Herzog talking to the baby Yoda puppet and talking to it like it was a, a real child. <laughs> and I I cannot We live in a world and I said this on Blue Harvest which I was just on, is that we live in a world where we saw Werner Herzog talk to a baby Yoda. And I I don't know how to deal with that information. <laughs> oh my god. Just uh, I need footage of that. Just him talking to the puppet. Like what did he, what was he talking to Yoda about? I want to see, like, the actual, just, I need to see Baby Yoda. Like, I need to touch, like, hug Baby Yoda. I need Baby Yoda. I know. And it sounds like we're going to be getting Baby Yoda merch soon. 
be better. Like we're supposed to be getting some stuff before Christmas. Maybe as soon as this week. The problem is, I don't want Baby Yoda merch. I want Baby Yoda. Yeah. I need Baby Yoda. And I can't wait to see what the little plushies are going to look like. I need a life-size Baby Yoda. I just can't believe how our lives, all of our lives have been changed and bettered because of Baby Yoda. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. We needed. Like, I don't, I. No, it's it's not dumb. It's brilliant. I don't understand why it's so cute. We needed this. We needed this as a fandom. We needed this as people. Like, it's going to help better everyone. It makes me angry how much I like Baby Yoda. I'm glad you like him. I'm glad everyone likes him. Like I haven't I haven't met one person who doesn't like Baby Yoda. Yeah, I there's been some like, oh, it's just, you know, to sell merchandise, but you know, they never say that about the million variations of stormtroopers or mandalorians or spaceships or anything else that are also to sell new merchandise but god forbid it be cute merchandise exactly but but before we talk about mandalorian there's a movie coming out in a couple of weeks. Oh, really? What, what kind of movie? There's a lot of movies coming out in a couple of weeks. This one is a very exciting movie. It's got lots of special effects and lots of beloved characters and everybody's cat. Emily, Frozen 2 is already out in theaters. Is everybody a cat in Frozen 2? Yeah, that's the plot twist. All right, because I've seen pictures of Frozen 2 and they don't look like cats. Well, they... It's like an illusion. You know how you go in, like, the Haunted Mansion and then, like, you see, like, everyone... You you see all the ghosts dancing? Like, that's, like, kind of like an illusion. But, yeah, they're all cats. But I, I get where this is going. Do you get where it's going? That I'm going to the movie Cats? Yeah, me too. Very about my tickets. Man, I saw that trailer in front of the Mr. Rogers movie. Horrifying. They made Idris Elba look bad, and I don't understand how that's physically possible. Like, even as a cat, he should be hot, and he's not. Why is James Corden in it? Uh, they just put him in things now. 
because uh, there is no God, basically. And then who else is in it? That one Australian actress, I forget her name. Rebel mm-hmm. Wilson? She's funny. I mean, she's fine. She doesn't look particularly funny in this movie. Taylor Swift's in this movie. This movie looks like garbage. I like... I know. I like Taylor Swift. Yeah, but you can just, like, listen to her music. And don't have to see her as a horrifying cat creature. Yeah, but, I mean, I supported her when she did that... um... Valentine's Day movie with all the celebrities and like that was pretty cringy. Did you ever see that movie? No. Then there was like a New Year's Eve one that was like just as awful. They need to stop that. Making all these like movies just so that all these celebrity cameos if you make a movie with like all these celebrity cameos just please god make it good yeah but they don't have to because people like you will go see them anyway i didn't see them in the movies though like i wasn't part of that box office money i was part of the oh hey this is on tv i'm gonna watch this that still counts actually wait did i i think i saw new year's eve in in theaters but i don't that was years ago but it wasn't even my money. Okay. It was my parents' money. So, uh-huh. yeah. Because I was like 14 or 15 or somewhere around that. So, anyway, we're into the push for Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Um, We've gotten Entertainment Weekly. We had Empire. Um... What, tell me why does all of the promotional stuff, besides like the set pictures, but the, you know, the magazine covers and everything, why does it look so shitty? Because they don't care. Like, you're a bazillion dollar company. And these are professional magazines. And it seems like between the two of those... They should have the assets available to do something that looks better than what somebody in a high school Photoshop class could do in about 10 minutes. Yeah, they don't care. It's just like, I'm looking at the Entertainment Weekly ones right now, and it is the most, and it's the same with the the Empire one. They're so bland. There's nothing, there's no life to them at all. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. Like why if if you do covers with, you know, different eras of Star Wars, like I I believe I forget which magazine it was, but a couple of years ago they did like, you know, all the people from like all the different movies, but then it's like they actually all got them together and they all took a picture and like that was probably photoshopped, but I appreciated the effort that it was all the people. But this like 
what is this? Like, I want stuff. I want new stuff. This isn't new. This is just photoshopped. I'm I'm going to see this and be like, I'm not going to read this. Like, it looks old. It looks tacky. No. I mean, even if you're just dealing with, I mean, obviously, you know, they're putting together individual promo shots of each character into a multiple character cover, but it still seems like you should be able to give some life to it. Maybe they're just cocky because they're like, oh, look at all the pictures we're posting in here anyways. Like, it doesn't matter if our cover is, like, not the best. And, like, the fucking, did you see the Empire covers? Where yeah. they're photoshopped, I mean, they're photoshopped onto some prairie grass field. And then the other one is a d- d- terrible, like, Starry Night illustration. <laughs> yeah. They're so bad. I don't remember other ones being this bad. They they're they're just lazy. I think that's like the thing I hate the most is laziness. Like put a fucking effort into something. Especially something so big and something that you know is going to get you a lot of like I guarantee you that if these covers were better, like more people would get them. Like this is just lazy. And it's like, they're like, Oh, well the movie's coming out soon anyways. Or I don't even know what the fucking mentality is. It just, it's not good mentality. No, I mean, I wouldn't get all three covers, but if one of them looked good, I would get one. Cause I often get the star Wars covers when they're cool. Like, I'll get the, I've gotten some of the Vanity Fair ones in the past and stuff when they have Annie Leibovitz, but this is just, I don't know, man. What the fuck? I just want effort. Why is it so hard asking for effort in this relationship with Star Wars? (laughs) Or Entertainment Weekly. Uh, and Empire, I don't know. But I, I think I'm more disappointed in Entertainment Weekly. Yeah, I don't know. It's bad. But now, some of the stills from inside the EW stuff is good. Mm-hmm. But again, those are like, those are movie stills that they were given to release. Yeah. Uh, I really like the one with Ray and the the little training ball droid thing. Yeah, I love the the colors. I love the the green plants, and you know she's surrounded by green, and then you have you know she's holding that red ribbon thing, and I just love like the the colors in this picture. Yeah, it's really vibrant and it's bright. Yeah. Then we got Moody Kylo in front of a bunch of stormtroopers. Um, I really like the one of Finn and Jana. I also like the fact that they're in this grassy field and it's not a desert or snow 
or a jungle. I know, it, it seems like heavenly. And John looks so great in his new outfit. I'm glad he fought for that. Me too. Let me turn up my brightness. And she looks awesome with her cape. I love his hair. Yeah. And I, like I love that. that they... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 you go ahead. Oh, I just could say, I, I like that they kept her hair natural. Me too. She looks fucking badass. I can't wait to see her and learn more about her. Yeah. Want to move on to the next one? Oh my god, this picture of Poe. Jesus Christ. There is something about the rolled up sleeves and Oscar Isaac. He has a very classic Hollywood vibe to him. He really does. There's, I don't know, there's something about the energy he has, which is the energy of like Clark Gable or somebody like that. So dreamy. Yeah, he is. It's a very Indiana Jones picture. He should and be they the should, next yeah. Indiana Jones. Yeah, I was just going to say they should never remake Indiana Jones, but when they inevitably do remake Indiana Jones, it should be with Oscar Isaac. Please, God, don't put Chris Pratt. We have enough of him. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. You oh, and like Rose. Chris Pratt? Yeah. No, I don't like Chris Pratt. Why? He's a dick. What do you do to make him a dick? He's a dick. I'm not going to get into it. Okay. Anyways. Rose. We have we have Rose in this picture, finally. She looks happy. We haven't seen Rose in a long time. Yeah. All right, Emily. You, you take this next picture. We get First Order Allegiant General Pride. Richard E. Grant looking very grumpy. <laughs> he exists. He's here. He does exist. He is here. And a bunch of people tagged me when this went up. <laughs> Which I'm always happy to see. It makes me laugh. But there was also, he's also in the uh, German poster that was released. That's good. Which also has Hux on it, which was cool. And has a Porg. I didn't see the Porg. Yeah, there's a Porg next to Rose. Thank God. He looks good. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for him. 
I wonder what he's going to be up to. Nothing good. I mean, no, probably not. I still have my hope that he is a resistance spy, but that's just because I want the resistance to have like actual spies. I think that's interesting and they need to do that at some point. That would be really cool, actually. And I just love Richard E. Grant. Uh, what else has he been in that you like? Um, I mean, With Nail and I is brilliant. And he's just, I, I don't, I mean, he's one of those guys I always also just love whenever he's in anything because it means you get to see him doing doing press and shit and he's a delightful dude um he was in Downton Abbey for a bit in the later seasons he was in uh can you ever forgive me last year with Melissa McCarthy he was in Gosford Park which is a lot of fun Hmm. He's in a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, he's one of those British character actors who is just sort of will appear in everything. That's cool. Well, now he's appearing in Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, I actually forgot he was in a couple episodes of Game of Thrones. Really? Yeah. Which ones? Um, I don't, I don't know from the titles. That's cool. Um, we have another picture of all these stormtroopers, and like it looks like snow. Yeah, and some snowtroopers. Cool. What and they have some capes. Those are nice capes. I can't decide on the snowtrooper, the first order snowtrooper helmet. They kind of look like ducks. Hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I see it and I like it, and sometimes I think it is pretty darn goofy looking. I'm just, I'm not scared by them, you know, because it's like how I look at stormtroopers, like they're supposed to be these like scary, menacing troopers. And I don't know, like if, if a stormtrooper came in from me, like I, I don't know if I'd be scared. No, they're not particularly intimidating. I think the battle droids are almost more intimidating. They remind me of like spiders or something. Uh, next we have the very blue one. Wait. Oh, Chewie's yeah, in this Chewie one. Chewie and then Finn and Ray and Poe, which... The article from Entertainment Weekly uh, does 
confirm, and we've heard this before, but confirms that we're going to see a lot of action with the three of them together. Sweet. And then we get Poe piloting the Falcon. He looks so happy. I think that's Oscar Isaac being super happy that he gets to fly the Falcon. He's wanted that for a long time. I mean, wouldn't you? If you were playing a hotshot pilot in Star Wars, you would definitely want to be able to fly the Falcon at some point. I don't think I'm worthy enough to fly the Falcon at any point. Maybe you could be the engineer. (sighs) Yeah, I'm honored to be the engineer. And especially on, like, the Falcon. Like, not on a, like, Disneyland Millennium Falcon. Like, the real Falcon. Is that what Finn is? Is Finn technically the engineer right now? Is he in the engineer seat? I don't know. But Finn looks very serious. I'm ready for a serious, capable Finn. So, should we talk about the Mandalorian? Yeah. Yeah, so we saw episode, oh, I guess chapter three of the Mandalorian, The Sin. And we open up with how I want the entire show to be, which is the Mandalorian and his razor crest with a little baby Yoda. And the little baby Yoda keeps getting into things. As little baby Yodas apparently want to do. <laughs> I, I just, I know we talk about little baby Yoda a lot. Like every other Star Wars podcast and everyone on Twitter. But when they unscrew the little ball in the throttle... I, it's so cute. I wasn't expected, or I I didn't expect to feel so many feelings for Baby Yoda after this, or before this episode, you know, watching it, I was like, oh, my heart just melts every, every scene. And then like my heart hurts for, you know, every, everything I feel like he's fearing yeah, and I also, I really like the scene when they're, I guess, sort of walking into town and there's that big ruins of a gate of some sort that seems to point to this this planet used to be something better than it is now. Yeah. So, were you surprised that he gave Baby Yoda to Evil Doctor and Werner Herzog? I'm sort of surprised in the way it happened. I thought maybe we'd see him dithering about it more beforehand. 
and maybe there'd even be a veiled threat or two from Herzog. But I wasn't I wasn't shocked because it's episode three. And it can't like you need that change. How about you? No, I wasn't surprised. I knew that he was gonna give him to Werner Herzog and, you know, get the the money and everything, but um I was surprised um how long it took for him to want to get him back. Like for a second, I thought that really that he was going to get him back like right then and there, like after getting the money. But I, I, I don't know. It's like, I feel so much emotion from the Mandalorian, like seeing him look at baby Yoda being like led to the room with evil doctor and getting back on the razor crest and seeing the little knob on, um, on the board being um, off because baby Yoda took it off before. I gotta say, and I don't know why I liked it so much, but I fucking loved it, which is when he first gets to Herzog's lair and the stormtrooper takes a hold of the bassinet and Mando says, hey, go easy with that. And this stormtrooper immediately, like, really bitchily snaps back, you take it easy. And I don't know why it made me laugh. It really made me laugh. Maybe because it just seemed like really out of place. But I want a gif of that. And that is my new favorite Stormtrooper thing that's ever happened. (laughs) You take it easy. I I don't know why. It just tickled me. I'm sure I'm the only one who laughed at that. But I thought it was great. I fucking loved it. I... I'm not sure. It's John. It's John Favreau who's writing um, these episodes, right? Um, maybe. I'm just loving how he's writing different characters and different. Like, Stormtroopers. Like, I don't think that Stormtroopers in, like, the episodic Star Wars movies, like, would say that, you know? So well, I probably just wouldn't say anything. Yeah. We're getting so much emotion from everyone. And, you know, even the Mandalorians. And I am blessed that there's a new meme in Star Wars. There's a new catchphrase. There is. I mean, it's not as good as Death Watch, but whatever. This is the way. I really like it. So anyway, when... um, I, I mean, first of all, first of all, we're remiss to not be talking about the fact that this is directed by Deborah Chow, so this is our first... Star Wars directed by a woman and she she does an amazing job and I am now really happy that she's doing the Obi-Wan show. Me too. This this like everything in this episode works well almost everything in this episode works really well. We'll get to that in a bit. But um so he gets the Beskar. 
How do you feel about the shiny, shiny suit? Because I don't like it. I think it's sexy. I think it's kind of goofy. I like the beat up one better. I think it shows like, not honor, but like that he fought for it and that he, he got it for a reason. And, but well, also. Yeah, but that reason was turning in a little baby Yoda. Exactly. So I feel it's conflicting, but you know, for the Mandalorians, it's a big deal. And especially when she was like, you know, other people are going to be looking at this. Like you can't let that get to you. Ugh, but gosh. I love the armor lady. I'm glad she's back. I hate the fact that nobody on this show has a fucking name. It's really irritating to talk about. But I'm so interested now in the Mandalorians because there's a scene when, okay, so when he's got the Beskar and she's making the armor and the other Mandalorians come in, including the one that uh, John Favreau is voicing. And, okay, so, I mean, no, then I, you know, we never take our helmets off, blah, 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 blah. Why are they still in hiding? Maybe we'll figure that out. Like, maybe Mandalore is just deserted now, and this is all that's left of yeah, Mandalore. But, but even if that's true, I mean, it seems to anyway, it was the Empire that took them out. Because it's the Empire that now has all the Beskar. But if that's the case, why do they still need to be underground? On a faraway planet? Even if Mandalore is destroyed, who who is still after them? And Why? Maybe we'll figure that out as the series goes on. Or is it just that that purge made them become this underground cult? Like, literally underground. Maybe. Because what's interesting is those when we go into the, the flashbacks when he's watching the armor being made... None of those people are wearing helmets. His family's not wearing helmets. He's not wearing a helmet, even though we see the Mandalore kids in the Enclave are. So, they've... Like, there's a reason he's doing it now. I, my, my suspicion is it's the, um, it's the armor lady who rescued him. And... I would assume so. I... Th think she's kind of a cult leader. I love her and she's fascinating and I want to see a lot more of her on this show. But I desperately want to know what her deal is because she seems to kind of be in charge. I mean, she's the one who's, you know, given the whole speech of we're Mandalorians and that means something and, you know, the whole this is the way thing. She's the one leading that and she's the one who stops that fight. Yeah, she's a cult leader. Does it make you feel uneasy that she's a cult leader? Uh, in some ways it does. I mean, it would more if this weren't Star Wars, because I don't think Star Wars will be telling that story. 
But if I were watching something else, like just a straight sci-fi drama, I would think there absolutely is no more reason for the Mandalorians to be in hiding. They've just become zealots. And this woman has convinced them all that they have to live completely apart from everyone else. I hope you figure out more about this because that's... We have to. I mean, I feel like there's so much in the show that we have to explore. Yeah, and I like that they're not doing a huge info dump that we are we are learning, you know, more and more each week. But I'm I'm fascinated by that piece of it. Uh the other thing I like this week is okay, for the whole scene with him going to rescue the baby Yoda is awesome from start to finish. Yeah. Um, I think it's maybe a little bit video gamey, but who cares? Cause it's awesome. Um, Oh, the other thing is we learned that Vernon Herzog gave all of the Bounty Hunters tracking devices. <laughs> and that is apparently every single person on this planet. Oh my god. But, uh, yeah, and so that's interesting with the uh, IG-11 having an order to kill the asset. I, I wonder if there are actually still more people in play than just Werner Herzog. Like, yeah, Werner Herzog hired all of these bounty hunters, but there's still other people out there, too. Otherwise, that's a little bit strange. But, yeah, again, this whole scene with him, with him going to save the Baby Yoda is incredible. We get lots of different weapons. Including him roasting a stormtrooper alive. He gets to use this new weapon where it's like a... How would you describe that? Which one? The one where he shoots all of them at once. Oh, the whistling birds? Yes. They're... I mean, I guess they're they're tiny missiles. I don't know, maybe latch on to every life form in the area? It's unclear, but pretty fucking cool. He's so cool. And then when he gets into the room the baby Yoda is in, the first thing that Dr. Pershing says is it's just a child, don't hurt it. That's not something he says like afterwards that in order to, to you know try to get the Mandalorian not to hurt him. It's not, oh no, I didn't hurt the child, don't kill me. It's he is instantly concerned about that kid being hurt. And that makes me very curious because I had thought, I mean, yeah, we know that the doctor wants the baby Yoda alive. But from that first scene, when we meet him with Herzog, I figured, oh, he's just evil 
scientist and he wants the baby alive because that makes it easier to do experiments on him. Yeah, but remember when he was listening in on the conversation and I believe it was Warner that said that they should kill the child? Yeah. And and the doctor's like, no. Maybe this child has so much more than what we think. But I, I, think, I don't think it's just that the doctor like, needs more from him. I mean, obviously, the doctor's still willing to do experiments on a little baby Yoda, so he's not great. And he's working with evil Werner Herzog, so again, not great. But that it wasn't about him taking the kid or killing the kid. It's that he didn't, like, he didn't want him to hurt the little baby. And I think that's interesting. That really is. And it makes me wonder, I mean, first of all, we still don't know exactly what's going on. And there's some sort of essence of something that the, the Werner Herzog wants. But I think maybe the doctor is not as willing a participant in this thing as maybe we thought. I just want to know what the doctor was doing and why he was doing it. Or I know that obviously orders, but I wonder what they wanted to do. Like if they want to try to like clone it or cause I mean, it's gotta be something super fucking important. Cause there's, this is a whole lot of people involved and a whole lot of effort for one little baby Yoda. Do you think that Baby Yoda was harmed in all of this? He seems to be okay at the end. I mean, I'm glad we didn't see little Baby Yoda in pain or anything. Because I gotta tell you, that scene when he hands over the Baby Yoda and it makes a little, like, mewling sound as being taken away from the Mandalorian and it gives him that look of, hey, well, what's going on, guy who I thought was my friend? It's heartbreaking. Oh, I couldn't have actually seen a little little baby Yoda being in actual pain. So instead yeah. we just see him unconscious, and I think that is smart. And then we get this awesome sequence of events that I would expect to see the end of your show and not in episode three yeah when he is he's walking through the town it's such a western thing it's so awesome and all of the beacons or trackers whatever they are start going off and you slowly start to see all these bounty hunters converging on him and it's so cool and i have to say kudos to carl weathers because so far we've just seen jovial bounty hunter wrangler Carl Weathers. You know, he's calling him Mando. He's all very nice. And then he gets evil and scary right quick. Yeah, man. I don't want to mess with him. Yeah. Did a really good job with it. 
when he's like, we're going to kill you and strip you for parts. That was great. <laughs> I liked all the people getting disintegrated. Should have been more people getting disintegrated. Though. Well, yeah, but he ran out of ammo, and apparently the disintegration thing takes ammo. Which I was not expecting. more ammo then. But I, I think everyone should be disintegrated. And then, just when things are bad, <laughs> this explosion happens. And I thought, what the shit is that? And then, all the Mandalorians show up. In episode three. It's Christmas. That was actually really cool. I wasn't expecting that. No. Because it's episode three and that's crazy. I thought at some point in the series we're going to see a big Mandalorian fight. But not episode three. No. I thought it was going to be a maybe like a season finale thing. Now, the jetpacks. Okay, so going into it, I'm, I'm anti-jetpack in general. I think they're goofy looking. But... When they're low to the ground and they're just using them to sort of like hop over things and get to guys, I'm actually okay with them and I think they look pretty good here. The scene when the Mandalorian is flying away and the other Ma the other Mandalorian does like an Iron Man flyby and gives him a salute was really stupid. I did not like it. Um, I did, and then he was like, I need to get one of those. Okay, here's my question about that line, though. He acts like he's never fucking seen one before. Which is fine if, okay, if it is Iron Man, and Spider-Man sees him have some cool weapon or armor or device and goes, ooh, I gotta get one of those. Totally fine, but guess what? The Mandalorian is a Mandalorian. He knows about jetpacks. Why doesn't he ha Why doesn't he have a jetpack? All the other Mandalorians have jetpacks. This is not something new for him. Maybe it's like an honor thing. It's like he has to do something to get um, a jetpack. I didn't like it. It, it like it. It was. It just took me out of it. It didn't seem. It's too earthy. Like it's they've done and I and I was just on uh, Blue Harvest and we were talking about this, but they've done so much to like establish the Mandalorian culture that to have that little very human salute, it's too it's it's too human. It's not Mandalorian. I was fine with it. Maybe, like, having the jetpack, like, you know how, like, all the armor, like, you have to, you know, get the money. Like, maybe he has a lot of money for a jetpack. He has a whole shit to... ton of Beskar. He has the most Beskar. Maybe you have to, like, build, you know, it's like a lightsaber. You have to, like, build it from scratch. And maybe he has to, like, find the right parts to get. But again, it's like, I gotta get one of those is is the type of line you say when it's someone you haven't seen before. When it's, like, new technology for you. Like, it is a line we have heard in countless superhero movies. I think that's why I liked it so much is that, like, 
us as viewers viewers are seeing this and we're like i need to get one of those and he too is like i need to get one i still but, need to get but it one doesn't of those. make sense for him to say that maybe he just hasn't had the time to get himself a you know it, it's like you're you're at a bar. Okay, I already hate this metaphor. With your drink, and then you're like, I need to get myself one of those drinks. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that metaphor works in the jetpack situation. But I don't know. I just think that maybe he just doesn't have enough time to get himself. Like maybe you have to go to like the jetpack store, get jetpack, and the jetpack score is like on a different planet or something. Okay, how do all the other Mandalorians have jetpacks? They went to the jetpack store and got the jetpacks. How? They don't leave. They stay in their enclave. They had it shipped to them via Amazon or something. And he didn't? Yeah, because he doesn't have time. He's off here, off there. He's a busy dude. That's that's even more opportunity to get a jetpack. I... Maybe it's just a rare item. They all have jetpacks. Yeah. How rare can it be when they all have jetpacks? Maybe he's new to this. Maybe he's a new Mandalorian. What are you talking about? I don't know. Oh, he's he like how do you how is he a new Mandalorian? He's never taken his helmet off. Well, like maybe he just got accepted into like Mandalorian school. Like you can wear the armor and everything. Like he is literally called the Mandalorian. We're calling him the Mandalorian. They are too. And Carl Weathers is calling him the Mandalorian. Well, yeah, because maybe he's the only Mandalorian bounty hunter. But it's still, he is a Mandalorian who lives with all the Mandalorians and follows the Mandalorian culture. He knows what a goddamn jetpack is. He just hasn't had the time to get one yet. No, it's dumb. He's a busy man. <sighs> anyway, I hate anybody flying in that Superman pose. It always looks bad. Looks bad when they do it here. It looks bad when I mean, it basically, kind of looks mostly looks bad when Superman does it. It looks bad when Iron Man does it. It always looks cheap. Is that the only thing you didn't like? The other thing I didn't like is in the very beginning when Carl Weathers is hologramming him. It was st straight up video game. There, there was just something about it, and I realize it's a TV show, so they don't have the budget of the movies. But it, it felt really cheap. <laughs> yeah, it was all right. Like, like that was the guy in the video game telling you what your new task is. <laughs> but I do like Carl Weathers calling him Mando all the time. I like that. That is canonical. Yeah, I like it too. And now the Mandalorians are going to have to leave and go find another place because they are for some reason in hiding. I mean, I realize they can't stay on this planet because they just killed a bunch of bounty hunters and that would probably be a problem. But it also seems to be a problem that they expose themselves at all. Yeah. I'm worried about them now. I hope they're going to be okay after, you know, coming out and fighting. I hope that nothing happens to their people. And especially now that the Mandalorian has this child, like that's a big deal. What's he gonna do? You can't just be on the run for the rest of your life with a little baby Yoda. 
Maybe that's what he's doing. I wonder what his plan is. Where's Gina Carano? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. Where's Gina Carano? Where's Julia Jones? Where is any woman at all other than the Lady Mandalorian? I just want to know where everyone is. I mean, I'm, I'm, we're going to see them definitely, but I'm. Oh yeah, I totally thought I thought Herzog was going to bite it in this episode. Me too. I thought the Mandalorian was going to kill him. Yeah, I'm really glad he didn't. That means he's going to come back for another one. He's in the show more than we thought. Very excited for that. But yeah, we need we need Gina Carano because, I mean, next week is halfway through this show. Yeah. And she, she, they built her as a co-lead. I, I keep saying this every week, but uh, I want to stop saying it. Cause I, <laughs> we'll see her sometime. Yeah, and that's fine. But then at least have some of these other speaking roles be women. Like, have some of the stormtroopers be women. Or have some of the bounty hunters with speaking lines be women. Yeah. I don't even know what's going to happen next, though. Like, where's he going? Who's he going to? Um, Where is he going to hide? Or what's he going to do with the kid? Is he going to try to find where it came from and... I don't know. He doesn't know anything about taking care of this kid. I mean, all he knows about it is that it eats frogs. And likes shiny things. And has mystical powers. Hmm. Mystical powers. And he just gave up his entire life for this baby. That's beautiful. I'm proud of him. Huh. Well, that was that was a really good episode. I feel like each episode keeps getting better and better, but I really loved that second episode when he showed his little powers and helped save the man or when the baby should help save the Mandalorian. It's good stuff. I love this show. Me too. Um, do you want to get to, um, some email? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, we got one from Tom, and Tom, I'm sorry, we should have read this last week, because it was after episode one of The Mandalorian that I think you sent this. And it says, hi game, Tom in Sweden here. I guess the time for Mandalorian discussion is here. I have to say, I liked it a lot, but didn't love it nearly as much as everyone else seems to. Having said that, I think it's a strong start, and I'm really optimistic about the rest of the season. It's been nice to see comment sections almost universally positive about the show, which was refreshing after these last few years. Can I mention something, though? Perhaps you've noticed that a lot of people, or men to be more honest, who don't like the sequel trilogy seem to love this. Is it a coincidence that they love this, an episode with literally one single woman with a speaking role versus the ten or so men with speaking roles, but can't stand The Last Jedi, the Star Wars films where the male characters have the most to learn from the women, and the film where the women are the most 
three-dimensional and least objectified. Doesn't seem like a coincidence to me. Anyway, thanks for the show. All the best. Not King Tom. Shit. Yeah. Um, I mean, we talked about that a little bit, but yeah, I think that's not uh, not a coincidence. Um, I hope you're enjoying the show more now. Uh, let us know what you're thinking now, you know, three or when this goes up, four episodes in. I'd be curious. I'm curious to know if 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 your thoughts have changed about it either way. Yeah. I'm curious, too. Um, I've only known, like, one or two people who, like, haven't really enjoyed The Mandalorian. And it's like, I'm interested. I'm, I don't want to be, like, a dick about it. But I'm, like, I'm generally, I'm, like, oh, like, I'm wondering, like, why they don't like it. Yeah, I know our buddy, I know our buddy Matt Frost is not enjoying it at all. I, I actually haven't had, had a discussion with him as to why. But I need to do that because I am curious. Just to, I, you know, it's good to know what isn't working for other people when, you know, they're not hateful about it. Yeah, I'm always interested in others' thoughts about, you know, shows or movies and, you know, just different perspectives. I think it's important to see different perspectives and see something through someone else's eyes. But yeah, thank you, not King Tom. Um, and then we got one from Adele. It says, long time, no email. Sorry. <laughs> Hi, Kendo Bike Queens. I've been enjoying The Mandalorian so far. I'd say I'm not quite 100% there yet. Maybe only 90%. I'm very much hoping that he turns in Baby Yoda to get his shiny armor and then spends the second half trying to redeem his mistake after learning more. Do you think he's actually going to turn him over or will he go straight to Mandalorian and Baby Yoda on the run? Also, Force user, not sure if I'm a fan yet. I want to see where they take it and how they use that. Loving the weekly format for all the time for theories it gives us. Yours in Porgs, Adele. Aw, thank you. Yeah, so I think I think you're sort of in line with a lot of his order, which is he's probably going to turn him in because we know he gets his shiny, shiny armor. And then what happens next? And, I mean, obviously that is what happened a little bit quicker than I thought it was going to, but... Yeah. What what are you what are you thinking on the force thing? Like where are they going with that? I don't know. I mean, now we have to assume that, you know, seeing the baby use the force that it's a pretty big deal and that's probably why everyone's fighting over baby Yoda is because they want baby Yoda on their side to fight for them, you know, when baby Yoda gets older. I mean, thinking about how much the force is in this child. That's a big deal for a lot of people, you know, where there's not that many force users anymore. And, you know, people see that and they see like someone like Luke Skywalker and they almost want someone like that on their side, don't you think? But they want to kill the baby and extract his essence. That's the that's an interesting thing. Like, I want to know of the mentality of like why else they want to kill the baby. You know. Well, I also want to know how is this baby a known quantity? 
How did they find out about the baby? Is it now assumed that all babies of the species are force sensitive? I, I don't, I've heard some people say that. I don't think you can necessarily jump to that. I mean, maybe you can, but we've only seen three Yodas. So even if it's three for three with power usage, I don't know. It's too small of a sample size to say. I think that might be what the show is doing, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm eager to see what Baby Yoda does. I mean, are we going to hear Baby Yoda's first words? Like, I don't ever want to hear the Baby Yoda talk. Are we going to, like, grow up with Baby Yoda? I mean, do you have a couple hundred years to spare? Maybe technology and you know these days is getting better people are living longer um i i think i'll be here for a little while i just have to you know change up my eating habits maybe exercise a bit more and that can add like 20 30 years to my life i mean is the idea here we are going to inject the force into people That's, no, that's weird. Well, yeah, but if they're trying to, to extract some sort of essence from this child, what else could it be? Do they want everyone to have, like, force powers? And, like, you know, you can go to the store and buy force powers? Like, well, I think if you're Werner Herzog, ex-imperial, now warlord... You would not mind having an army of force users. Yeah. I swear to God, no one better hurt that child. I kind of feel like the child is going to be not... We're never going to see the child hurt on screen. Because people would revolt. I think it's too much for... A Star Wars thing to show the little baby being hurt. I mean, they don't show the kids getting slaughtered when Anakin murders them all. It cuts away. Do you think that might be how they like end the season? Is by murdering children? Yeah, because I mean. This this honeymoon phase can't last forever. I don't know. I don't because this is the first time we're doing a Star Wars TV show, and because it you know it wasn't. I mean, we know it's getting a season two, but they didn't necessarily know that when they were writing it. Does this end with a cliffhanger, or does it end with an ending? But there's still room for stories to be told. I don't know. I mean, we don't even know how long this series is going to last anyways. So it could last two seasons. It could last seven. I mean, didn't they? Because, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's TV shows, you know, like, oh, every season, such and such TV show has a big cliffhanger. 
Whereas other TV shows, oh, there's always something that's mostly wrapped up. And then there's just other little pieces. Yeah, but I mean, it's easy. But to, we don't have any. Yeah. It's easy to do a cliffhanger that, you know, that's not too hanging off the edge, but also can like end the series, you know? Well, I would say that's not a cliffhanger then. I mean, just just having the story be open is not a cliffhanger. Would you say that the last episode of The Clone Wars was left on a cliffhanger? I literally couldn't tell you what happened in it. It's when Ahsoka left. Eh. No, again, like, you can do stuff there. But it's not, like, I mean, cliffhanger, I would say, is... You're stopping in the middle of your action. Lost did lots of cliffhangers. Yeah. Or, you know, it's things like, oh, is this character still alive or, or is there, are, are they dead? Like, that I would see as a cliffhanger. <laughs> um, Star Trek, when Picard gets turned into a Borg and we see him as a Borg, that's in, that in the cliffhanger. Because you can't end your series there. Yeah. But, I mean, then there's, you know, there's dramas. Like, Mad Men season wraps up a ton of shit. And then you know it's still coming back. With continuing stories. But there's nothing, like, where you're gagging to find out what happened to one particular thing. But we don't have any examples of a Star Wars live action show. We don't. I don't know. I mean, so far so good, though. I mean, I'm very impressed that we have something so good right now. And I think it's worth, you know, how long we waited for a Star Wars TV show. Very content. Um, the other email that we got contains spoilers from Jedi Fallen Order. Um, okay. I mean, I don't give a shit. Okay. Um, so, if anyone's still playing the game... Don't listen. Um, this is from Rabia. Hello, Canto Biters. I hope you guys are doing well. Here are some of my thoughts on your most recent episode, plus their Star Wars news. Why do you hate Tom Hanks? Did you not see Captain Phillips? You got mail. Catch me if you can. Those are my favorites of his. I get that he always plays Tom Hanks, but there's still a lot of range in that, and I find him very personable. I have seen... Almost every Tom Hanks movie. He's in a lot of movies that I think are good. I just, I don't, I don't even hate him. I just, I don't. I think it's that I don't find him impersonable. It, 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 it comes off as, as disingenuous to me. Like, I get that it works for other people. Obviously, he's enormously popular. It just, it, I don't know. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It rings a note with me that I do not enjoy yeah that's okay um 
Congrats, Brittany, on your new green-eared baby. Do you think the baby will get an assigned gender? Why does everyone think it's a male? I do that sometimes. I'm sorry. Terrible habits. It's, it's it's like it's the default and that's fucked up and shitty and but it's really hard to change from your like you have to consciously like change that from your vocabulary and it's difficult like it's something I'm working on too yeah no definitely me too I mean I've caught myself like one or two times during this recording um I don't know not sure though, but I think because the the doctor said please don't hurt it. Because I, I I've heard some people I, I'm not I there's no way I'm justifying like me calling the baby um a pronoun, but um some people think it was the doctor said him. Some people think the doctor said it. I don't know. I don't remember, but I, I don't know. I don't think it matters what gender the cute baby Yoda is. All that matters is that it's here. We love it. It loves us. And it's all good. Um, Shout out to Amid Opti playing Dr. Pershing, who I believe is the first Arab actor in Star Wars. We've had a few South Asians in Star Wars, but it's not the same. As someone who isn't Arab but has an Arabic name, it's cool to see this group represented, especially after Star Wars assigned Arabic names to the Mon Calamari with Admiral Akbar and its um, Afteb. Oh, I never thought about the Akbar thing. Me neither. Huh. No, I think, I think he is the first Arabic. And he's doing a great job i'd like him i i hope we see more of him i was kind of hoping he like he was going to go with the mandalorian and that way the mandalorian has somebody to ask some questions to like hey what the fuck's going on with this yoda baby but he's good i like him me too okay I love the amount of action and the way it was filmed in Chapter 3, so I'm looking forward to seeing what Deborah Chow brings into the Obi-Wan story. Yeah. I'm really yeah. excited. And also, is she doing? she's doing another episode this season, right? I, I think she was so. one of the people doing two? Yeah. Okay. Um, you're right, Emily. Jetpacks do look dumb in the show. When it all... When all of the Mandalorians rose, it looked silly. Also, all those capes would catch fire. I'm I'm willing to believe they have flame retardant capes. Yeah. It reminds me in the Incredibles when like um Edna Mode was telling Elastigirl like why or um Mr. Incredible like why they can't have capes and like all the bad things that happened to all the superheroes with capes. And yeah, I really hope that nothing happens to these Mandalorians because of their capes. That would not be very good. All right. Um, Star Wars has a few black women to begin with, so stop killing them off. I got so upset when I found out that Darth Vader killed the second sister. I thought she was cool enough to be a recurring character, but based on her costume alone. But unfortunately, the people at EA must have felt differently. Yeah, I still haven't. I still haven't. I'm never going to. I just don't care. I haven't watched any of the plot the story stuff from Fallen Order 
I've watched all of it. And what did you think? I really like the story. Um, I am so pissed off that uh, Vader came in at the very end. Um, mm. You know, they're fighting the second sister. And then, like, she's contemplating to, you know, leave. And then you hear breathing. And then Darth Vader comes out. And he's like, oh, you let me down. And then he kills her. Like, And then, like, Cal and... um. The other characters, they're able to leave and they're able to escape Vader, which is something that I despise. Like, why are all these people getting away from Vader? Like, Vader, no one should be getting away from Vader. But, you know, I feel like I'm slowly realizing, is Vader really that weak? I shouldn't be looking at a character like Darth Vader is weak, you know? Like, seeing how haunting it was, like, him killing the second sister... Like, he should have done that to Cal. I don't know. Other than that, I really like the story. Um, there's um, there's a Knight sister that's part of their oh, cool. team. And she's beautiful. She's smart. She's fantastic. So if you have time, watch some of those cut scenes or, um, on YouTube. I think they have, like, the whole, like, film it's really good. Um, but yeah, that sucks. It sucks that they killed her. I would have loved to see uh, more of her development. Um, okay, I'm so sad we'll hear the new John Williams music for the last time in Star Wars Episode Nine. But thank you, John Williams, for making this fairy tale so much more special and Star Wars would not be the same without you. Oh, yeah. Anyways, keep on podcasting, Robbie. Thank you, Rabia. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't really been thinking about that John Williams thing. It is, I mean, it is the end of an era. It is. Like John well, Williams is Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, and I've, I've liked what we've gotten from the other people more or less and I, I really like the music in the Mandalorian but that, especially if they do well if I mean when they do another saga film that's going to be very strange hmm yeah I don't know, though, but the composer for The Mandalorian is doing fantastic. Yeah, it's... Oh, it's the guy who did the music for Black Panther? Mm-hmm. Okay. That had good music in it. And he helped um, with Childish Gambino's music because he um, won the, the Grammy for This Is America. Oh, okay. Cool. I feel like Star Wars has been very blessed with, you know, amazing composers. And I see that going on in the future. Yeah, I know. It'll be interesting to see where they go from here. Since we don't quite know 
what's going on with the next movies. Yeah. I would I'd be interested if like it's going to be a new person every time or if they're going to try to find another John Williams. No one's John Williams though. Well no, but I mean somebody who'd be like your overarching composer for all of your shit. Or if it'd be like, well, we're doing the Ryan Johnson movies and they need to have this sound and we're doing this other movie and it needs to have that sound. Yeah. I hope so. Hmm. Well, thank you for the email. And that's it. We, we read everything. Yeah. Yeah, uh, if you want to send us email, it's CantabitePod, ugh, sorry, CantabitePod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at CantabitePod. I am on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind. Brittany, you are on Instagram at Brittany the Ginger. Cool, cool, cool. Um, like I said, I was on the latest episode of Blue Harvest, so check that out if you want to hear me talk some more about Mandalorian shit. Um, and also just listen to them in general. Will and Hog are great. Uh, support the Castle Toy Run, which is coming back for its third year, which is um, a they collect toys and books and other Star Wars stuff to give to kids who are spending the holidays in hospital. You can find them. Are they at the Castle Toy Run? I believe it's just Castle Toy Run. Here, let me look on Twitter real quick. The Castle Toy Run. All right. Yeah, it's at the Castle Toy Run. You can also, I mean, they have the address where you can send stuff. They also have a link to their Amazon wish list if you're not quite sure what to spe- what to send. But I like to do that every year. I think it's a lot of fun. It gives me an excuse to buy Star Wars toys and Star Wars books. And you're helping out kids who are in a bummer of a situation, making their Christmases a little bit happier. Uh, and when they do, when they hand them out, they have people in, in costume, like dressed as stormtroopers or dressed as Rey and Kylo, and it's really, really cool. Yeah, definitely recommend you guys checking that out and donating because it's, it's, it's just so amazing, like what you can do with like, you know, 15 or 20 minutes of your time, like, you know, picking out toys and how happy that, you know, can make those kids, you know. Yeah, and they have on, on their wish list or, you know, like, like they'll accept any, any new product but it, there's a whole wide range of age ages of kids stuff and also price range so you know if you don't have a huge budget you can still you know make a kid happy for like five or ten bucks yeah there's always coloring books or stickers kids love stickers so definitely check that out please Yeah, and I guess that's it for this week. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Uh, Kanto bitch number one doing it fulcrum style. Uh, check it out. Listen up, y'all, because this is it. Fuck all the rest, be a Kanto bitch. Brittany the Jinch and Emily Lynn. Bet on these two to show place and win. These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars.